All right. JAMA, so that's the Journal of the American Medical Association. FDA warning letters fail to result in removal of illegal supplement ingredients. That is what I'm looking at here. Here's a little excerpt that I pulled out and thought was important reading, and it's in the description. FDA issued warning letters for the unapproved stimulants, BMPEA, the ephedrine analog, methylsinephrine, or methylsinephrine, and DMHA in 2015, 2016, and 2019, respectively. Using Google manufacturers' websites and the FDA's websites, the team searched for evidence of recalls of the implicated products. Products that remained for sale online were purchased, and powder from these products was reconstituted and analyzed for the presence and quantity of FDA-prohibited ingredients using liquid chromatography mass spectrometry. spectrometry. All right. And that's from the... What's the source? The source is Nutraceuticals World Online Exclusives. And again, the title is the same one that's here, which is JAMA, J-A-M-A, the Journal of the American Medical Association. FDA warning letters fail to result in removal of illegal supplement ingredients. According to product recall reports, just a portion of products containing illegal ingredients were recalled following the issuance of warning letters. All right, let's take a look. This is, was written by Mike Montemarano, Associate Editor at Nutraceuticals World, August 2nd, 2022. The Food and Drug Administration, FDA, sends warning letters to companies marketing supplements or ingredients that the agency deems to be illegal and or fail to meet the definition of a dietary supplement. In order to develop an estimate of how many companies follow through with removing illegal and potentially dangerous substances from the dietary supplements market, a team of researchers led by Pieter Cohen, MD, of Cambridge Health Alliance, writing in JAMA, tracked FDA warning letters for unapproved stimulants present in products on the market. Excuse me. So, yes, uh, for yeah, writing in China, tracked FDA warning letters for unapproved stimulants present in products on the market. Okay. So this guy, Peter Cohen, MD, he tracked FDA warning letters for unapproved stimulants present in products on the market. Okay, so that's the first of the plot here. Let's go on. They assessed the frequency at which these products were removed following the receipt of an FDA warning letter, specifically with warning letters which addressed amphetamine, ephedrine, and some other drugs which are known to carry serious health risks, including hemorrhagic stroke and sudden death. All right. And this is kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, I've, I, you know, this has been going on for so many years, and I never looked at it, any information about before, and I've 
unsubscribe to this periodical. I used to get the, um, I get a whole bunch of actual physical ones before, but I don't think this ever one did come, this one ever did come in a physical copy. Anyway, I digress. Let's see. So, ephedrine and some other drugs, which are known to carry serious health risk, including hemorrhagic stroke and sudden death. Quote, whether FDA warning letters lead manufacturers to recall or reformulate products is unknown. We assessed the frequency of product recalls and the presence of FDA-prohibited drugs in supplements after FDA warning letters, the authors wrote. Okay. And remember, who are these authors? It was a team, I guess, yeah, team of researchers led by Pieter Cohen, MD, of Cambridge Health Alliance, writing in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Continuing, FDA issued warning letters for the unapproved stimulants, BMPEA, the ephedrine analog methylsinephrine, and DMHA in 2015, 2016, and 2019, respectively. Using Google manufacturers' websites and the FDA's websites, the team searched for evidence of recalls of the implicated products. Products that remained for sale online were purchased, and powder from these products was reconstituted and analyzed for the presence and quantity of FDA-prohibited ingredients using liquid chromatography mass spectrometry. You know, it's interesting how many things when tests are being done, like analysis, are so much the same. Like, for example, for a, a contaminated site to end up on the Department of Environmental Quality or the Environmental Protection Agency's list, actually, which is known as the National Priorities List, they go in and they do the same thing. Um, they basically go into a site and they check for the nature and extent of the contamination. So. It's the same thing in everything. If, and there's a reason why I'm making a point about that. There's so many things that if you're listening, there's so many different things that you can pull out that would be helpful for when you're organizing certain campaigns. So, and uh, so let's see, right? So the team search for evidence, right? Products remain a sale or reconstituted. All right. Uh, of the 31 pro products targeted in warning letters for the presence of BMPEA, methylsinephrine, or DMHA, only one product was recalled by the manufacturer. All right. This, this is significant. It says, of the 31 products targeted in warning letters for the presence of, remember, these chemicals, molecules, these ingredients, right, uh, that, what did they say? Uh, are known to call, to carry serious health risks, including hemorrhagic stroke and sudden death. All right, so that's where we are. So of the 31 of those that have those risks, only one product was recalled by the manufacturer. Meanwhile, 29% of the products remained online for an average of six years after FDA issued warning letters. Four of the nine products that were still for sale online listed the presence of at least one prohibited ingredient on the label. One product listed the same prohibited ingredient mentioned in a warning letter, while three product labels declared other FDA prohibited ingredients. Okay, that's interesting there too. So, I mean, this is, you know, something you hear about like in, you know, when I was traveling around in Asia and then 
the kickboxing matches and just some of the drug testing and how people got past them and stuff like that. Um, you know, do whatever you want. That's one thing. But um, another problem if somebody, the, the one of the reasons why these thing, kind of things are important is because there are some athletes who are not uh, intentionally ingesting banned substances and because some products are contaminated with them, it's causing them to test positive for things that they had no idea about. Um, and, you know, this is, again, something been going on for years. I never really looked into it. But here, uh, this popped up again over and over again into my feed. So I'm taking a look at it. All right, let's take a look at here. So the last thing was, okay, they left out of 31, only one was recalled. 29 remained on the shelf for an average of six years. Four of the nine products were still on sale. And one of them listed one prohibited ingredient that was named in the letter. And then at least three other product labels declared other FDA prohibited ingredients that were not necessarily in that warning letter. Um, but so it's like somewhat nobody, it's apparently in some of these places, it seems like nobody's even listening, right? They're just like, oh, what FDA sent us a warning letter. Let's just keep selling it until, I don't know, police, until officers come kicking our doors down with guns. Uh, let's see. Five of the nine products still available on the market were found to contain at least one FDA prohibited ingredient. In total, 29% of, of the products targeted by FDA warning letters remained available for purchase, and most of them were adulterated with unapproved ingredients. Again, I think this is quoting from the, the uh, JAMA article, quote says, this study raises questions regarding the FDA's actions to ensure that manufacturers are compliant with the agency's warning letters. The, F the FDA should consider ways to ensure that prohibited drugs are removed from supplements, perhaps by testing products sold after warning letters and mandating recalls whenever products remain adulterated, the authors concluded. Time to act on authority. That's the next section is labeled boldly here. And listening in, you will see that these uh, links are here. Yep. The link is directly to this article so you can read it. Uh, listening back, right, where are we here? All right, time to act on authority. Megan Olson, Senior Vice President and General Counsel at the Council for Responsible Nutrition said that warning letters alone aren't consequential enough to be perceived as sufficient threats to bad actors. Well, well that's obvious, right? If people are keeping things on, on sale for six years on average after the FDA sends a warning letter, I mean, that's an understatement. Warning letters alone aren't consequential enough to be perceived as sufficient threats to bad actors. Okay. Quote, it is unfortunately the case that the agency is not doing its job when one can find the same rogue ingredients in the same bad products six years after warning letters have been issued, Olson said, end quote. Oh, she's continuing. This study demonstrates that warning letters alone are not viewed as sufficient threats by bad actors and outliers. FDA should stop assuming that everyone in the market wants to do the right thing. FDA has recently been asking for new so-called prohibited acts authority to clean up the industry, she added. In other words, FDA wants clear-cut ability to address illicit substances that have never been marketed as drugs, nor even studied for their potential effects, but are nevertheless marketed as supplements. All right. I don't know. 
if you, uh, you can read that, if the wording there and what she's talking about, the slippery slope, but um, I'm not going to get into that. CRN supports this legislative priority insofar as expanding the agency's authority over substances that aren't implicated by the drug preclusion clause of the Dietary Supplements Health and Education Act, DSHEA. While the agency can mandate recalls of dietary supplement products, it is only done in rare instances. The agency often instead requests that companies conduct voluntary recalls. I'm still quoting, still continuing here. These illicit substances may be currently caught in a legal no man's land, not supplements, not drugs, and without this new authority, not clearly within the FDA's enforcement, Olson said. This simple change to the law, currently part of the Senate HELP, or HELP Committee's user fee legislation, would give FDA capacity that much of the industry... Wait, hold on. Let me start that again. This simple change to the law, currently part of the Senate HELP Committee's user fee legislation, would give FDA capacity that much of the industry believes it already has, but FDA has been requesting explicit statutory language to clarify. All right, that's actually important. So she's basically saying that this change in the law will basically give the FDA capacity that a lot of people in the industry thought they already had. So they already thought they could regulate more strictly than just sending, for example, these warning letters. Um, we, we could definitely assume that's what she's getting at, right? So people assume that they had more power than just sending warning letters, but this new law would, would make that more possible. Continuing, like Olson, Scott Melville, president and CEO of the Consumer Health Products Association, CHPA, said that he also supports comprehensive reforms to offer FDA clear authority to go after products that contain dangerous prohibited ingredients. Now, this language, they keep saying to the offer FDA clear authority to go after products that contain dangerous prohibited ingredients. Where's the go after part? Let's get to that. Let's get to people kicking doors down or something. Or, <clears throat> you know, they're just going around testing things. This is independent researchers went around testing stuff, but nobody, I mean, I'm still not seeing, okay, let me stop and look at the rest of this. All right, so now somebody's, oh, somebody's using stronger language. There can be no tolerance for illegal products masquerading as dietary supplements, especially after a manufacturer has already received an FDA warning letter. Yet that is precisely what was found. The troubling situation highlights the need for increased enforcement of current law by the FDA and the Department of Justice and the need for more comprehensive reform of dietary supplement regulation. I believe that's Melville speaking, continuing to speak, yeah. Um, according to Melville, the mandatory product listing, another alphabet, right, MPL, number. okay, according to Melville, the mandatory product listing, MPL, provision of the current user fee registration bill being considered by Congress won't go far enough. Beyond MPL, he said FDA should also be able to increase facility inspections and remote regulatory assessments, the latter of which is an informal assessment of a facility that was introduced during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh boy, COVID-19 still popping its head up and shit it doesn't belong in. Uh, here we go. As the 
I don't expect anybody to know what I mean, but okay. As the, as the House and Senate confer on FDA user fee authorizations, the need to balance consumer access to safe and beneficial dietary supplements with FDA's ability to swiftly remove dangerous and illegal products from the marketplace should be recognized to ensure that any agreed to reforms are meaningful and not reform in name only, Melville said. All right, I don't know. Somebody, does something change at the FDA that I, I don't know about? Are they are they not anymore the Fraud and Death Administration? All right, oh boy, more letters. Here we go. NPA. What is NPA? Uh, so the, apparently the NPA is saying FDA should do more with the tools it has. Okay, we're, we're, let's read and find out what the NPA is. Or the an N as in nickel, all right? According to Daniel Fabricant, PhD, President and CEO of the Natural Products Association, there's the NPA, FDA where appears unwilling to take steps such as product seizures and injunctions, which it already has the authority to do. Okay. In contrast to CRN, NPA does not support granting the agency more authority when it doesn't utilize existing tools. Oh boy, what is CRN? We just went over that. These, all these letters, right? Uh, CRN. CRN Olson, Council for Responsible Nutrition, right? So the CRN is the Council for Responsible Nutrition, and now this NPA is saying, in contrast to the CRN, NPA does not support granting the agency more authority when it doesn't utilize existing tools. Okay, that makes sense, right? So Olson from the CRN is saying that they need to give the FDA more authority because she's saying that the FDA does not have authority that the industry thinks it has, while Daniel Fabricant of the Natural Products Association is saying that they do have some authority, but they're not even using that which they do have. At least that's how I'm understanding it so far. All right. Another point of contention is the fact that FDA's facility inspections have been declining in frequency sometime, irrespective of funding, Fabricant said. All right. So he's saying that uh, the inspections are less and less, and it doesn't matter how much money they have. He noted that a report from the Office of the Inspector General concluded that even in response to significant inspection violations, follow-up from the agency to ensure corrections were made by the facility was rare. Who reads these freaking documents anyway? This is so boring, but informative at the same time somehow. Um, This study reaffirms FDA's performance failure gap gaps going back to a report published by the Office of the Inspector General in 2017. Companies who receive a warning letter are required to notify FDA within 15 days of receipt of their warning letter and the specific steps they have taken to address any violations. Failure to do so is supposed to result in legal action, including seizure and injunction. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. When I'm talking about something actually being done, this is what we're talking about. This phrase, seizure and injunction. Why are they just sending letters? So it says supposed to result in these all right? This should be considered low-hanging fruit for the agency, but it's obvious there's an element of willpower that's absent. Hmm. It's calling them. I'm not going to say it was going on. All right. These gaps, okay, we're quoting again, man. These, I can't keep up. Look, I'm just going to read the document. 
these gaps in actions indicate that new authorities to the FDA clearly aren't warranted. When current authorities where problems have been located aren't followed up with, Fabricant continued. This study makes it clear the agency has adequate authority to pursue products masquerading as dietary supplements. The repeated absence of follow-through requires oversight and accountability. All right. So, the gist of this is, well, the title says it all, right? FDA warning letters failed to result in removal of illegal supplement ingredients. We got a little bit more in-depth from a couple of different agencies here. I mean, we got it in the, look at all the letters here. We got FDA, we got JAMA, uh, DMHA is one of the ingredients, right? We got BMPA, <laughs> uh, CRN, uh, NPA, CHPA, oh my gosh, CEOs, COVID-19 and more. All right, but that's it. We got details. Um, okay, that's on the record. I looked at, so now we have a little bit more, better idea of what, uh, what goes on in some of these oversight agencies according to Nutraceuticals World. Nutraceuticals World, if you don't get periodicals from them, um, maybe I'll find a link somewhere. How do, how do I even get these things? I forgot. It's been probably something like 20 years since I've been receiving these periodicals. All right, and that's it. This is 21 minutes, and this is on the Capageta Martial Arts Maybe don't see how it's yet related, but uh, we're going to see. Supplements are a big part of athletes' lives. And if we're getting stuff that's contaminated with shit that we didn't want in there, it could, in the very least, cause in some kind of disqualifications if somebody's competing or even kill you. That's why it's important. So, Capagata Battalion, until next time.